well. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter number 6. And we're going to continue in Luke. We're going to stop at one verse this morning um, that I think uh, is just a very good verse concerning today, uh, just what we're celebrating today. And then a little bit different this morning. Typically, we're expository right through the text. But I just want to share some uh, just some things that the Lord has uh, been working on my heart about. And I want to talk about uh, just a message this morning entitled, My Three Fathers. And I just want to Hope we can be a blessing today and an encouragement um, to you. Luke chapter number six, as we continue in the book of Luke, we finished up uh, right here and then uh, we'll pick up in verse number 37 in a few weeks. But Luke chapter number six, and look at verse number 36 this morning. It says this Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Let's pray this morning. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. God, we thank you uh, that you're the Father that never fails. Lord, you're a loving Father. You're a gracious Father. And you're a merciful Father. Lord, on this Father's Day, Lord, may we, Lord, no matter what our earthly father's like, God, may we look to you, our Heavenly Father. And Lord, you're perfect. Um, Lord, your mercies are new every morning. Lord, uh, just think about our lives and how patient you are with us. Lord, I pray as we uh, talk this morning, God, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would do in our hearts and our minds, God, what I cannot do. Lord, I pray that you would grow each one of us. Father, we love you. We thank you for our church. Lord, I thank you for the godly men um, that we have in our church. Lord, we are blessed and we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, bless everything that's said and done. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. We've seen in our text, he had called his 12. We reviewed this the last couple weeks. He picked his team. And he told them what they had signed up for. If you've been with us, he says you're going to be poor, you're going to be hungry, you're going to cry, people are going to hate you, um, people are going to exclude you, people are going to mock you, and people are going to cuss you. And then we saw last week what he tells his disciples of how we're supposed to respond when they do mock us, and when they do cuss us, and when they do exclude us, and how to respond, we saw last week, to those that hate you, and how to respond to those that cuss you, and how to respond to those that use you, how to respond to those that steal from you, how to, how to uh, respond to those who you know don't like you. And he gives a lesson, as we saw last week, on true compassion, and we're to love our enemies. Hard message last week, wasn't it? Love our, minis, or love our enemies, do good to those that hate us. Man, tough stuff. Then he says here, he gives a really, and Jesus is really talking uh, to them about God the Father here, the Father, and he says this phrase, he says this to them, this is powerful, he hasn't talked a lot about the Father to them yet, but he says this, be therefore merciful as your Father is merciful, aren't you thankful for the mercy of the Lord, the word here literally carries this idea of compassionate, I mean, we have a compassionate Father. And, and, and he's, he's perfect, and he's compassionate, and he's caring for his children. I started thinking this week just about being a dad. I love uh, being a dad. I, uh, it's one of the greatest, uh, I believe, gifts from God. Um, and when we come on Father's Day, though, there's many mixed emotions that can come with Father's Day. Not everybody had a great dad. Not everybody had a great father. And I've ha- I have three fathers, and I want to talk about all three of them um, for just a minute this morning. And I believe that we can uh, learn from this and, and really wrap it up with the great father, our heavenly father, the greatest father. But I have three fathers. My first father is my biological 
Father. We all have one of those, okay? Whether you know him, whether he's in your life, if you are alive, you have a biological father, okay? I don't care what the news says, all right? Somebody help me this morning. If you, if you, have, uh, if, if you are breathing this morning, you had a biological father that along with your mother, uh, regardless of what popular culture says, brought you into this world. And my biological father, uh, we grew up in, I was born in Fort Worth, Texas, in uh, God's country. Somebody help me this morning. Um, Fort Worth, Texas. Born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. My parents, uh, my dad got saved as a young man. He was, he was, in his, he was a young man. Uh, 17, 18, right in that, that rage, uh, he got saved. Uh, he was uh, really an addict before he got saved. Um, he struggled with addiction. Um, he was a rodeo clown. And I, I grew up, I said I was going to be one of two things, a rodeo clown or a preacher, okay? I get to do both now. This is what this is, his job, okay? Um, but I, I always said I was going to be a rodeo clown or a preacher. He got saved out of that world, which was a world full of addiction, man, full of just a lot of just heavy stuff, and got saved by the grace of God. And then he got called to preach as a young man, got called to be a preacher. And God radically changed his life. And aren't you thankful that God changes lives? I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that my heritage um, is that, that dad got saved um, out of a life of addiction and that really of a, a miserable place. And him and my mom ended up taking a church when I was just a baby in Boyd, Texas, a little town uh, called Boyd, Texas. And he pastored there uh, for a few years, and then uh, went to a bigger church in Denton, Texas, and that's where I was from about the time I was five till I was eight years old. He pastored that church that began to explode, and this is my biological father, and one Sunday, eight years old, we show up at church just like every other Sunday. Um, he would go in early, then we would come in, and man, that day was a day that would change my life for the rest of my life. I remember showing up on that Sunday and ran to his office like we would every single Sunday. And, man, he wasn't there. It was really weird. He's usually always in the same place. And, man, went around looking for him. It was one of those days that just, man, a tough day in my life. And I remember as that day began to unfold, um, Dad had left a note on his, his desk there at Central Baptist Church in Denton, Texas. Um, he would left a note that just says, I can't handle the pressure anymore. Just, just some things like that, and basically he had taken off that day. Dad had left us. My father, kind of, he was my hero at that time, and he was old school. Listen, he was that old school type preacher. He's the kind, listen, you're going to get yelled at every Sunday. He would be really disappointed that I'm preaching in jeans this morning at that time. Somebody help me this morning. Okay, just that kind of, kind of, but, man, that day he walked out of our lives. Remember, for the next two years, we had a couple uh conversations with him. We didn't see him a whole lot. He ended up just taking off, went back into addiction, abandoned our family. For the next 20 years almost, didn't see him, didn't hear from him. He signed off all of his rights to us. Um, so that's my first father. I mean, some of you have had experiences like that. I mean, you had a dad who maybe didn't love you, uh, didn't take care of you. And by the way, any man that doesn't take care of those that he brought into the world, can I just say this, isn't worth his weight in salt. If you're man enough to bring them into this world, you need to be man enough to take care of them. Somebody better help me preach here this morning. Listen, even if, even if you're not there financially and love, man, you should be taking care of your family. Matter of fact, the Word of God says if you don't, you're worse than an infidel. I believe that men shouldn't mooch off the government. I believe men shouldn't mooch off other people. I believe men ought to wake up and go to work and provide for their family. But that's my first dad, okay? Walked out on us. Man, hard thing. Uh, man, didn't talk to him. I think the first time I had talked to him in probably close to 20 years, and Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, was mid-20s, flew down to Texas. I was preaching down there, and I was struggling with bitterness. Y'all ever struggle with bitterness? As you can imagine, this is your, like your spiritual leader, and the dude's a total loser. I mean, just being honest with you. 
And I don't even mean just walking away from my mom. That's not the, I mean, that stuff happens. It's when you abandon your family and you don't take care of them. I understand that there's marital issues sometimes that can't be reconciled. But to totally just abandon your kids, I struggled with that for years, man. And, man, I carried bitterness. I remember uh, flying down there. I was preaching in, at Temple Baptist in Louisville, Texas. Flew down there, and, man, the Lord just got a hold of my heart. I said, man, you need, to, you need to get this right with your dad. Even if he doesn't want to, man, you need to get some stuff right. So we, we ate at Denny's that morning. I'll never forget it. I tracked him down, met him at Denny's. By the way, he didn't have enough money to pay for breakfast because the way the transgressor's hard. He didn't have money to pray for breakfast. I remember sitting there at Denny's in Arlington, Texas, um, sitting down at Denny's and sat across the table from him. And he didn't even want forgiveness necessarily, but I wanted to give it to him, not for his sake, but for my sake. By the way, can I just say this? Man, if you have somebody in your life this morning that you're holding bitterness against, you're hurting yourself a whole lot more than, than you're hurting them. And I remember, I mean, I forgave him that day. It was a great day. And I'm not the hero of that story. It was God's grace that I was able to look him by. He didn't ask for it. He didn't want it. I hadn't seen him. And, but I had to do it for my sake, okay? So, man, I, I got that right. I'm glad I did. Um, y'all, many of you know, just a few years ago, uh, the second time I saw him in the last, really, I guess the last 30 years, the second time I saw him was about three years ago. Um, I flew in, uh, found out he was dying. I flew in. I got to spend a few minutes with him um, on his deathbed, and I'm glad that I did um, because let me just say this too. Some of you know this. If your dad's already passed, I would honestly, with either one of my dads, probably give anything just to have a little bit of time with him once again. Um, but I'm glad I went there and glad I got to see him. And man, he passed away just, I guess, two years ago. And uh, hard story. I mean, that was a tough thing. So that's my first dad. Then I had a second dad. My second dad was my stepdad. And can I just say this? If you have a stepdad or you are a stepdad, that is not a second-class thing. Man, that is an awesome thing. If you're a stepdad and you have kids that aren't necessarily biologically yours, can I just say this? You can still love them like they're yours. And that's the kind of step that I had. My stepdad adopted us when I was about 11 or 12. Um, he adopted us. And so my name went from being Jacob Bowman, my my first dad, his name was Wayne Bowman. They called him Skip. My stepdad was Clay Potter. His parents hated him and gave him that name, okay? Clay Potter. They hated him. Think when you name your kids, okay? Think stuff through, all right? It's not funny, all right? They have to live with that. But Clay Potter came into our lives. And of course, uh, like any teenage boy, you're not my dad, you know? That's how you react to that. And then, hey, okay, then you're not my son. I'm not going to pay your bills. Somebody help me this morning. I'm not going to put food on your son. But he adopted us. And my name went from being Jacob Bowman to being Jacob Potter. And adoption, let me just say this. Adoption is one of the most awesome things that, that a, a family can do and experience. We have some families in our church that have adopted. And when, 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 when my dad, Clay, which I called dad, when he adopted me, man, I took on his last name. Man, I got a seat at his table. And I got to eat his food. I got, I got to live in the house that he lived in. I didn't deserve it. I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't do anything to get it. But he, guess what he did? Man, because of his love and his grace, man, he adopted us and, and gave us a seat at his table when we were part of his family. Man, he raised us. He was a godly man. I didn't always see eye to eye with him. Man, he was a very quiet man, but he was old school. And like, you didn't talk back in our house. And I know y'all are... Your families are way different than ours. We still are old school even with ours. I mean, I've seen Caitlin. We, we, don't, we believed in spanking, and so we just did that stuff. My dad didn't believe in spanking. He believed in beating. I remember one time I, he, he said I was probably 16, and they said, don't go to Six Flags with them girls after school. And 
Okay. I left school and I went to Six Flags with them girls. I'll never forget this. We get home late. Who's waiting in the living room? You know, you're a 16-year-old. You know everything. You can do what you want to do, you know. We get in there. I'll never forget it. Mom said something, and I smarted off to her. And Dad didn't like, he didn't say a whole lot. Those of you that knew him, he didn't say a whole lot. Quiet, mild, proper guy. Well, I looked at him after I smarted off, and he looked at me, and I could see. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I could see it. I took off running, literally. I took off running. We had a, we had a little, uh, they, I think they called it a breakfast nook, a dining room, and a, a kitchen, and then a living room that are all connected. And we were literally, this looks like some off some TV show. We're running in circles around there like this. He got a hold of me, and he wore my tail out. Hated it then. And let me just say this to you parents, that, that, and I'm not saying you, need to, you, you discipline how you want to. I hated him for it then, but I thank God every day for it now. Um, but that was my second day. He loved us. He raised us. He, we didn't have a choice in our family to go to church with him. If you live in this house, if this house, if this roof's over your head, you go to church. That's just how they were. Man, there was times I didn't want to go to church. But guess what he did? He kicked you. He literally would kick you in the butt, and you're going to church. This is just what's going to happen. My, my, my second dad, I loved him. He, he, I hated him, but then I loved him. Um, I hated him in the moment as a teenage boy. Because in my mind, I still had those things. You're not really my dad. But now I look back, and I will tell you, I thank God so much for him. I mean, he taught me some things. Every day I watched him for those years of my life. He got up every morning early, drove an hour to work every single day. And by the way, man, if you, if, if you get up and go to work every day, you're teaching your kids something. I mean, I watched him do that for years. He woke up every morning, and he went to work. Never preached any sermons. Wasn't, you know, wasn't, but he got up every day, and he went to work. He loved my mom. And, you know, I learned a lot from that. Man, I had a bad dad. I had a good dad. He was a good dad. We watched him. Uh, man, I watched him just be faithful to church. And, man, I watched him, man, provide for me. I'll never forget. He's the one that I, I bought my first car was a, uh, a 1989 Cutlass Sierra. And he's like, you ain't driving that. Ended up getting me a 1986 Chevy short bed, step side, short wheel. Oh, my goodness. And I'm an idiot. And I sold that thing for like $3,000. And right now, I was looking the other day. They're like twenty five grand already rebuilt. We do some stupid stuff when we're kids, don't we? But he bought me that truck. Man, I'll never forget it. Took me to church. Man, took us on vacation. Loved me like, it was, like I was his own. And I wasn't. But I was. He had that type of grace, that type of love. We watched him. Uh, you know, you guys know this because it's why we were here. We watched him then. We got that phone call one Sunday night that he had cancer. And I hate cancer. Does anybody else hate cancer? I hate it. And I remember we got that phone call. He got cancer. And we watched him go through chemo. And we watched him go through the radiation. It was terrible. I remember he had head and mouth cancer. They took a third of his tongue. It was terrible. But we went through that whole process. And I remember the day where uh, we went to... Uh, the cancer center, and, and met them there, and they went through, and they ring the bell, and man, he was cancer-free. That was an awesome thing. We prayed for it. It took about a year. He ended up being cancer-free. Then I remember about a year later, after him being cancer-free, we ended up getting that phone call. It was mom. Y'all ever get those phone calls at weird times from mom? I mean, you get a weird phone call. It was like 9 o'clock at, at night on a Sunday night. We got home from church. It's from mom. Hey, we had to take dad to the hospital. Um, he's got, uh, he's having some issues breathing. We don't know what's wrong with him. Come to find out, he had sung, and I want you all to think with me here. That morning, he had sung in the choir. That Sunday afternoon, they had gone to Longhorn and ate a steak. That, that Sunday night, they had gone back to church and he sang in the choir. That next day, that next day, they ended up putting a trach in. Went from singing in the choir eating a steak, not knowing that that would be the last time he sang in the choir, 
Not knowing that would be the last time he would ever take food in his mouth. Not knowing that would be the last time he would actually ever have a conversation with someone verbally. By the way, we don't know what tomorrow holds. I mean, life can change in an instance. That day they put in a, a trach in him. He couldn't eat. They begin to use a, he had a feeding tube uh, put in, and that's how mom would sit by his, his bedside and feed him every day. And uh, we watched him, I guess, for the next few months like that. His head began to swell. I remember finally got that phone call. Uh, they got that phone call, and they said, hey, y'all need to come. Um, y'all need to get here. Uh, he's not going to make it much longer. You remember this. We walked in the room. We had to drive to uh, Freder- Fredericksburg, Virginia. And I remember walking in that room, and I tried to be a tough guy. My family hadn't seen me cry except in the pulpit, which isn't a thing, something to be proud of. But I tried to be a tough guy like that. I walked in there, man. I remember seeing Dad. He was, you, you couldn't even recognize him. His head is swollen. Couldn't recognize him. I mean, just, it was one of those moments. Mom had been literally sitting by his bedside, pouring those protein shakes in. She, his face would swell. He was so, his mouth was literally, and head was rotting from the inside out. So she would sit there with a little tube and, and suck the pus and the blood out every day, all day. That's what she did. In the meantime, as nurses would come in, remember one of the times we got there, uh, I asked Mom, I said, what is this? Was, I had bought him this board so he could write and communicate. And he had a stack of books and a stack of tracks there. I go, what is this? And Mom said every person that would come in, he would hold up that sign and say, hey, how can I pray for you? Which is pretty wild. He's the, he's the one. Is everybody tracking me on this? He would witness to every one of them. He'd give them a Bible and give them a Bible track to everyone that would come in. By the way, what's our excuse? That's what I get convicted about that. No voice, yet he had a great voice. When we get there that night, we walk in, I see him, and I turn around, I'm, I lose it, man. Like, I'm talking about baby, ugly, crying, okay? Like, but I, I get it together. And we're like, what are we going to do, man? What are we going to do? Those are hard moments. By the way, in those moments, there's a lot of stupid junk in our lives that don't matter. Just, there's a lot that don't matter. There's some things that matter in those moments. I remember standing there, and we're like, what are we going to do? Well, the only thing we know how to do, because like for our, my mom and my stepdad, this stuff was real to them. They weren't perfect. They had struggles just like we all do. But like this God stuff and Jesus and church, it wasn't just something that was part of their life. It was their life, okay? So we, what are we going to do? Well, the only thing we know how to do, we started preaching. Seriously. We started singing. We started preaching in that room. Caitlin was there. I don't know how old she was. She was still younger, younger teenager. Uh, my brother-in-law and his wife, my sister, uh, we're there, and their babies were all there, and we're all preachers and singers and stuff. So we were preaching, we were singing, we were worshiping God. It was one of the most peaceful things in the world. It was an awesome time. It's great memories. I got up his funeral a week later, got to preach his funeral, preached on heaven. Why long for heaven? Y'all have heard me preach it a hundred times. What's, what is there? What's not there? Who's there? Went through that whole thing, preached at his funeral. By the way, didn't have to lie at his funeral. Didn't have to lie at his funeral. And all of us are going to have those moments where we're going to have a funeral or we're going to have a parent's funeral. By the way, if you've never lost a parent, if you've never lost a loved one, if you've never stood, you're not connecting with us. But those of us that have, we understand. We understand what it's like to have someone sitting at a table on Father's Day that's not there no more. We understand what it's like to have someone at a holiday that was there for years and there's an empty. And, and let me just say this, and this isn't the message. We're getting to the greatest father. I just want us to think a little bit this morning. Don't take for granted days like this. Don't take for granted those moments. I wish, I wish everything that's in me that I could rewind time. I do. And I didn't then. I didn't realize it. Young people, listen to me. I didn't realize the gift that God had given me in those moments. And so often we're so busy and we miss those times with those loved ones. We miss that time with those. Man, I'd give anything to have it, but it was, wasn't God's will. So I want to just say that. Man, spend time today with your family, with your kids. Hold them close. Love on them. 
Say I love you often. I remember on his deathbed, one of the things he said to me, and uh, I don't even know why he said it, but I think I do. He just, he couldn't hardly talk. He goes, I'm sorry. That's what he said. He said, I was sorry. I, he was sorry for kicking my butt. That's what he was sorry for, because he did it somewhat. But that was my, so I had my first father, which was terrible. Man, it's something I'll, in the back of my mind, something that, um, in just full transparency, I know I'm being very transparent this morning. We're not working through text, but I just had to share this this morning. In the back of my mind, I've lived with, you're just like your dad. I'm talking about my biological dad. You hear those things play in your head. You're a failure just like him. And that's part of what helps motivate me, just being honest with you. Um, but I'll hear those type of things. That was a terrible experience. But then I have, God blessed us with an awesome dad, stepdad, who I didn't realize was awesome at the time. But then I got to thinking about my third father. Some of you this morning, you may have had a cruddy dad. I get it. I've been through it. Some of you may have had a great dad, and that's awesome. If you have a great dad, man, that's a wonderful thing, and that's a gift and a blessing from God. But here's, here's what I want to talk to you about, and here's really the message this morning. No matter what your story and experiences are with your earthly father, there's people that, man, that have terrible, terrible, a lot worse than even my story. I know people that were literally abused by their dad. Some of you sitting here this morning, sexually abused, verbally abused, abandoned, terrible stuff. Others had a great father. But no matter what your experience is with your father, I just want to tell you, and I want to remind us this morning, that we have a perfect father in heaven, no matter what our earthly father was like. I love this verse. Look at verse 36. You got it, Bible? This is awesome to think about. Look at, look at the verse again. Be therefore merciful as your father is merciful. Literally talking about his compassion. Man, his mercies. I love the verse in the Psalms where it says his mercies are, listen, they're new every morning. I mean, he's such a compassionate father. I just want to give you a couple things about our Heavenly Father on this Father's Day that we can be reminded of. Two things I think of as I give you these. Number one, it's how awesome God is, and that's what I want to talk about. But I think all of these as dads, those of us that are dads, and really all of us that are believers and followers of Jesus this morning, listen, we can apply those character traits of God to our own life and, man, allow him to live through us. And he is the one, our Father in heaven, you know, he's the one that comforts us when we go through those dark times. He's the one that is there when, when, the, when it seems like nobody else is there. He's the one that loves you when, when you when you feel like nobody else in the world loves you. You ever been there before? You ever had those moments in your life where you're like, man, nobody cares? Have you ever felt that way? Yeah. Man, have you ever felt like, man, nobody, nobody, there's nobody that listens to me? You ever felt that way before? I have. Man, he listens to us. He cares about us. He is compassionate towards us. And the first thing that I, I love about our Heavenly Father is this. I want you to notice this. This merciful Father, this Heavenly Father, number one is this. He always keeps his promises. Man, that's awesome. Because you know why? Earthly fathers, we don't always keep our promises, do we? I remember Caitlin would come up with promises I didn't even make. You know, you like hint that you're going to buy something. You told me. Does anybody, is your, your kids ever, you know, repeat something that you never said? Man, I've had some times where, and I, I try not to be this way, but I've had one or two times where, man, I did promise her something, and I may not have come up with it. And you've maybe had a father like that or been a father like that. Our Heavenly Father, man, he always keeps our, his promises. And I remember being disappointed even in my father as a preacher. I remember playing Little League, man, and one time he said he was going to be at the game. And as a little kid, you're like fired up, right? Dad's going to be here, you know. We, were, we grew up in Texas, so we were eight years old already. You know, you're trying to hide dip from your dad on the, on the, on the field. 
He's going to be here. So you hid that that night, and he didn't even show up. So dad didn't show up, and you couldn't dip during the game. Somebody help me. It was a bad night. Disappointed. Disappointed because your father didn't show up. But can I just say this? Our heavenly father, he always keeps his promises. These, these truths in scripture that he's promised us, man, he always keeps them. He keeps his covenants with his people. Joshua 21 verse 45 says, There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. It all came to pass. Listen, he, he, when God promised Israel something all through the Old Testament, even in their rebellion, even when they were idiots, listen, even when they were dancing naked around a golden calf, and I mean, they were wondering, and the, listen, God still kept his covenants with his people. This is, this is the truth about God. This is what's awesome. He keeps his promises. If God says something, you don't have to wonder if he's going to show up to the game. You don't have to wonder if he's going to be there. Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth his covenant of mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Lamentations chapter number 3. Love this verse. It is of the Lord's mercies. That we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Listen, our heavenly father, this is the good news of the gospel this morning. He keeps his promises. He will, listen, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He loves you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to walk out on you. Second Thessalonians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful who will shall establish you and keep you from evil. Second Peter 3, 9. I love this verse. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but he is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to listen. I just want to say this this morning. Our heavenly father isn't like our earthly father. He's always, uh, is anybody awakened? He's always faithful. He always shows up, and he's always there. I'm so thankful for that this morning. I think sometimes we'll compare, when we talk about God the Father, we automatically compare him to our earthly father, and we get a false comparison because he is perfect in all of his ways. He is faithful. He has made a promise, and guess what he's going to do? He's going to keep it. Guess who begun a good work in you? He did. Guess who's going to finish the good work in you? He is. He is faithful. The second thing that I thought of as I was just thinking about our Heavenly Father, yes, He's faithful, and yes, He, 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 yes, he keeps His promises, but I love this one. He prays for His kids. Our Heavenly Father, man, He prays for His kids. He prays and protects. Hebrews 7, 25, I love this. Wherefore, He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing, talking about Jesus, He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Man, He is making, He sent His Son to make intercession for us. He cares about you, and even, isn't that wild that God prays for you and cares about what's going on in your life? He intercedes to the Father. Jesus does on our behalf. That Son that God gave us. Man, what an awesome example. And I would encourage you with these, hey, fathers, we should keep our promises. We should pray for our kids. The third thing that I notice about our Heavenly Father is He loves to spend time with His children. We live in the days where we've got a fatherless problem in our country. I was reading some statistics just this morning. 71% of the kids that are in prison they did not have fathers in their homes. I mean, there's tons of them. You can look it up online. It's wild about the statistic. We have a mate. One of the biggest problems in our country is a fatherless problem. But he loves to spend time with his children. Now, I remember as a dad, and I didn't have a bunch of babies like some of y'all do. I don't know. God bless y'all. 
I had one. And there was those times, and I'm just being a little overly transparent today, but there was times where that one even got on my nerves. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Who, I ain't, I ain't, I, I'm not worried. Who said that? I'm not going to look. But, me, you get on your nerves every once in a while. And there's times where, man, I just need some time. A bunch of screaming kids. You can't take them into the store. You know, you avoid the toy section at all costs. Then those idiots at the store put the, there's candy and all that stuff as you're trying to leave. It's a battle, man, every time you go. Sometimes you feel like you just need a break. Sometimes you just, can we just talk? Just us, our kids won't hear this. Sometimes you just, you just need to be away from them. And uh, sometimes they annoy you. Our Heavenly Father, He don't get annoyed with us. He wants to spend time with us. You're never bothering Him. You're, you're never, you know, I remember man, when I was young and stupid, stupider. Is that a word? Stupider? When I was young and stupider, Caitlin would call me sometimes, and I'd be in the middle of something, and I'm, I'm not proud of this, man. Because now she calls, if, she, if Caitlin calls me, I don't, if, I, if she called me right now while I'm preaching, I'm going to answer that phone. You understand me? That's how our Heavenly Father is. Every time we call unto Him, <laughs> He's not too busy. He's never too busy for His children. And I want to encourage you dads, don't ever be too busy for your, there's no amount, of, y'all listen to me, and y'all listen well, lean in real close. There's no amount of money in the world worth sacrificing your children for. I wish I could go back. And y'all, I've shared this with y'all. I wish I could go back to when Caitlin was growing up in Baltimore and I was winning the world, but I was losing my own soul when I was working all the time. I wish I could go back and be at every single game. And I tried to be at most of them. I wish I could go back and, man, slow down on those birthdays a little bit. Not rush out of there. I wish I could. Are y'all hearing me? Man, that's how our Father is with us. You know, He loves spending time with you. You're not bothering Him. You're not, listen, He he wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you. Can I ask you this? Are you spending time with Him? Are you talking to Him? Are you communicating with Him? Man, He, he I love this verse. It says this in, in Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Listen, he's not going to leave you. He loves the time that he spends with you. Are you spending time with him? That's what I want to ask you. Are you spending time with him? Man, if, if my dad was alive and this phone rang and he said, hey, we're going to go here. Guess what I'm going to do if he was alive now? I'd hop in there. I'm just telling you all, there ain't nothing in the world that would be more important than that. Listen, God wants to have that type of relationship with us where Listen, when he speaks to us, are we listening? Are we willing to stop and spend time with him? Let me give you a couple more and we're done. He loves to spend time with his children. He sacrifices for his children. Aren't y'all thankful for that this morning? That our heavenly father sacrifices? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave. This is how much God loves you. He gave his only son. So that, listen, so that you didn't have to spend eternity in hell. He loves you that much this morning. Would y'all say, there's nobody in the world I would sacrifice my daughter for. There ain't a human alive that I would sacrifice my daughter for. But can I just say this? And I, I think there's no, I think that's the reason 
that God did things the way that he did so that we could understand the depth of his love. There's no greater love this side of heaven than a father and a mother has for their children. Fathers and mothers love their children when they don't love each other. Huh? Man, they love, we love our kids. Man, he gave his only son so that you and I don't have to spend eternity in hell. Wouldn't y'all say that's a pretty awesome God and a pretty awesome Father? And then this is my favorite one, and we're done this one. We could preach this one, and I probably should come back to this and preach this whole sermon on this this one. But he loves his children <laughs> unconditionally. You know, he loves you this morning unconditionally. There ain't no conditions. He loves you this morning. Well, Jake, I, I hadn't been a real good kid. <laughs> Jake, I hadn't lived in a way that pleases my father. Jake, I've done some things that I know would disappoint my father. I just want to tell you this morning, um, as I stand on the authority of the Word of God, that he loves you unconditionally. There's nothing that you can do to make him love you any more or any less. Listen, he loves you this morning like you were his only child. He loves everything about you. Are y'all hearing me this morning? He loves you this morning. That's the good news of the gospel. You can run from him, but the moment that you turn around to him, Luke chapter number 15, he's standing at the end of the road. Listen, he's looking for you to come home. He's got his arms wide open. He's got a coat in the He's got a new coat for you. He's got a ring he wants to put on your finger. He's got a steak that he wants to cook you. And he wants to throw a party if you come home. Y'all hear me? This one, he loves you unconditionally. And that's, that's the father that we serve. Man, he, he doesn't look at our past. Are y'all hearing me this morning? He don't look at your past. How many of y'all thankful for that this morning? Matter of fact, he don't look at your present. When he sees you, guess who he sees? You see, sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves. And that's why we're miserable. That's why we're guilty. That's why we have a religion. When God looks at you, he don't see you. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus' righteousness imputed to you. Oh, my goodness. That's what grace is. That's what mercy is. That's what love is. That's what our heavenly Father is. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's stand our feet. Altar's open if you need a place to pray. Mass going to sing.